And I'm Grace. And this is what we wish people knew. to this week's podcast of what I wish people knew about being transgender. So June is Pride Month, and in honor of that, Grace and I are going to focus on the stigma and challenges of the transgender population. Today, we have a special guest, my former psychology professor at Truman State University, Dr. Sherry Palmer. She is a longstanding advocate of the LGBTQI+ population and is here to talk about the stigma and challenges that this population faces. For those of you who don't know what this stands for, it's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, and asexual. Welcome, Dr. Palmer, to this week's episode of What I Wish People Knew About Being Transgender. Hi, Dr. Palmer. Hello. Uh, Hi. Can you tell us a little bit about what motivated you to become involved with the LGBTQI plus population? specifically transgender and how you are involved? Okay, well, I started uh, being involved with the uh, queer identified group way back in the 90s. Uh, There were a lot of uh, kids that were psych majors, so I got to know them that way. And then they invited me to be a judge at the PRISM, uh, the organization's uh, drag show. And that's how I really got working with them. And then I started being their advisor about eight years ago. Uh, I've always sort of focused on transgender kids because I have a transgender relative in my family, a transgender family member, I should say. And so I've worked with a lot of the transgender community. We had a conference at Truman. Uh, The Women and Gender Center had a conference all on transgender issues. And it's just been since then Okay. Okay. Well, I remember when I was at um, Truman, I took the the queer psychology course that you teach. And I remember an area of focus in your class being um, using proper language related to offensive questions or statements that this population has to face daily. So as an advocate, what do you wish people knew about what not to say? Well, there's a a lot of things that would be uh, easy if people just use common sense, but clearly that's beyond a lot of people right Um, uh, one thing you should never ask is what is your or was your real name because the name that you they tell you they are that is their real name or say like what was your name um that's called dead name a dead name and so you're dead naming the person if you use their old name and it's uh very hurtful a lot of uh people that a name is a very triggering, uh, depressing uh, event to hear it, just to hear it. So it's also extremely disrespectful not to call someone by the name, their name. Uh, right. So, so that would be one, don't ask okay. that, that, which is usually the first question people ask. So mm-hmm. start with Yeah, that. and I, I'm sure I can guess the, the next question. Yeah, don't ask about their anatomy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I, if, if you can use the rule of thumb, if you wouldn't ask a not transgender person, what is called a cisgender person, if you wouldn't ask them about their anatomy, don't ask 
a trans person either. Uh, I've been told many, many times by my trans friends and family that people will just say like, hey, do you have a penis? And it's like, oh. and I'll say like, Are you, you've got to be kidding. That's No one's really asked you that, have they? And I'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, that happens all the time. Parties, you know, people come up to me, people who I don't know. And wow. So it's, to me, it's astounding and it's weird to have to say it. Yeah, yeah, it's very disrespectful. Yeah, just don't don't ask them anything that you wouldn't ask maybe your mom. <laughs> yeah, I would not ask your cousin. Yeah, so that would be a, another one about their body. And then don't ask about uh, surgery mm-hmm. and don't ask if they felt like they were trapped in the wrong body. Uh, don't ask how their parents took it or their friends took it because they're not there to entertain you. Some of these stories might be painful to them. And they don't want your sympathy. They just want their um, dignity. So, you know, all those kind of things, just just don't ask those sorts of things. Uh, and okay. then another thing that's really important not to use phrases like um, when you were when you were a woman and now you're a man, when you were. Uh, because to the person, to a trans person, they always have been the gender <laughs> that they know they are. So it's... Uh, it's wrong to ask that. Um, don't ask to see before, before pictures. Don't ask, oh, can I see a picture of you when you were a boy? You know, don't ask those kind of things. Um, and don't refer to uh, them as anything other than a real man or woman. Uh, sometimes they'll say like, um, gee, you're, I, I can't even tell. I thought you were a real man. Uh. Well, the person is. Or And don't say, I can't even tell. I would never know. You think you're complimenting them, but that's a microaggression. And it's, it's like saying like, oh, wow, you passed my inspection. Mm-hmm. So don't want to say any of those kind of things. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's more coming through like um, not even a, a place of, of, you know, genuine curiosity, but a bit of just being nosy and, and rude yeah, yeah kind of voyeurism like oh tell me about your painful time when you told your parents did they throw you out or how hard was it to do this and uh it's just it's just uh, asking for you know stories that you might find exciting and interesting and you know, mm-hmm. uh, right just, and they're not and they're not there uh trans people are not there to educate everybody but a lot of trans people are open to educating and you have to ask the person, do you mind if I ask you questions? And if they say, well, you know, it's, it's okay. Or if it's a close friend or something, then they might want to tell you those things. Right. And in, okay. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of language, is there anything else you would add? Well, pronouns are very important. People mm-hmm. um, who have the privilege of having the pronouns that people think they should be using match what they should be using, mm-hmm. uh, who have that privilege, uh, don't understand why it's important to other people. So I present as a, a woman, um, I'm a cisgender woman, and people will always use female pronouns with me. I, it's not anything I ever think of, but right. to someone else, if they use male pronouns because they identify as male and you're calling them she, you're being very hurtful and rude, very disrespectful, very disrespectful. You're, you're disrespecting their reality, their truth. Right. And, uh, so ask what the pronouns they use and be sure that you use them properly. 
Okay. So that is one of, one of the questions um, that is, is okay to ask. Yeah. What pronouns do you use? Yeah. Or okay. what are your pronouns? Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a, that shows respect. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can you explain a little bit about what pride means and the importance of pride month? Well, you, if you're, again, it comes down to privilege. If you have the privilege of being in the majority, so mm -hmm. you're heterosexual, just like 90% of the population. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're saying, well, I'm not, I don't have to be proud that I'm heterosexual. Well, it's no big deal that you are and coming out and saying, I'm heterosexual, no one cares. No one's going to hurt you. No one's going to do anything to you. But to say that, to come out and say that you're gay, lesbian, bisexual, uh, transgender, or anywhere on the spectrum, the queer spectrum, uh, it takes a lot of courage. And they have a lot of problems with being um, rejected and uh, targets of uh, bullying and discrimination and lots of pain. So to, to rise above that and to get through that, you really should be proud of yourself. And you really do need to get with other people who are like you and people who love you, so friends and allies and other people in the community, and celebrate your, uh, the, how proud you are that you have survived. You've made it. Yeah. At least up to this point. How do, how do you think that, um, I guess, in society needs to work towards making that change and, and to mm -hmm. respect that, that pride and, and be a little more empathetic about it um, and, and maybe even celebrating with it? Mm-hmm. How? Well, we're certainly not going in a very good direction now. Uh, <laughs> when you see uh, on the news where uh, rights and uh, equality, equal rights, have come to the trans community and then are now being taken away, you're eroding that. You're saying like, oh, yes, we, we, we felt that you deserved equality, but, you know, we don't anymore now that we don't want you to be equal. We don't want you in the military with us. We don't want you working with us. We don't want to protect you on the job. Um, that's just very painful. So we all have to work um, on simple uh, human rights, equality. Equal right. Rights. So it's even when you make a couple steps forward, it seems that it's only for a short term. Or not enough. Well, it, it seemed like it was all going in the right direction. Things were headed in the right direction. And then it shows you how just a change of leadership in uh, an organization, or in this case, country, can completely turn things around. It's, uh, it was to a point where people didn't do uh, make jokes about trans people. They, well, they did, but they knew they shouldn't be doing it in public. They knew it was wrong. But now that's kind of gone. So that's, that's just uh, a very uh, hurtful thing. So we need to, uh, gosh, I don't know, respect the, the people and understand like bathrooms. Oh, you know, they don't want men in women's bathrooms. Well, we're not talking about that. We're talking about a, a person who identifies as male going to use the bathroom to, to relieve themselves, um, not to go in and peek at anybody. <laughs> so mm -hmm. Well, uh, and that goes to what you were saying about you look like a, a real man or woman right. um, to them. They are. So using the bathroom kind of correlates with that. Yeah. So if you are a trans man, for example, 
and you pass. Everyone who sees you reads you as male. Mm -hmm. You don't have a problem. But if you're a trans male, a trans man, and you don't present, uh, or people don't read you, excuse me, people don't read you as male all the time, then you're gonna have problems just going to the men's room or um, saying my name is you know, George or something like that, or I use male pronouns, uh, my pronouns are male. So it's important to know that a person is transgender when they say they are, mm -hmm. not when they look like it or pass some sort of standard or have surgery. You can have no surgery, no hormones, nothing. Gender is what's on inside of you, and only you know that. So a person is trans when they say they are trans. That's that's a great way of putting it. But in relating to what you were saying um, in terms of our society and some of the politics, um, when I was attending Truman, I remember your involvement with some of the council in Kirksville. Mm -hmm. um, who advocated to protect and fight for employment and housing rights, regardless of gender or sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I remember you speaking about some of the frustrations you experienced. Could you talk a bit about that experience? Oh, that was such a strange portion of my life that was one summer long. Um, it was one of my really big accomplishments in life. I always look back on that, but it was also one of the most traumatic and difficult uh, uh, times. Uh, all we were asking for was equal protection for employment, uh, housing, and public accommodations for mm -hmm. regardless of your gender identity and presentation or your sexual orientation. So uh, it seemed like it was going to be fine. One problem was politicians who would say one thing and do another. So they said they were going to vote for it. And then when it came time to the actual vote, voted against it. That was one problem. Mm -hmm. uh, the next thing was uh, the hateful, hateful speech that people got up and uh, said in front of the, um, in front of the organization, the uh, city council. Uh, so these are like people that are, you know, live in your small community getting up and saying, hateful, ignorant, terrible things uh, regarding uh, transgender people and, um, and, and even just gay people as well. Um, one man said, if this ordinance passes, I guarantee you they're going to be raping our children in the bathrooms. Well, it's been five years and gosh, you know, hasn't happened. Um, surprise, surprise. Yeah. Uh, things like that. So it was very hard because then I think like, well, next time I'm at the grocery store and someone has fewer items than me and I say, here, please go ahead of me. Is that one of the people that got up and said horrible things? Mm, which is awful to have to think about. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. it took me a long time to stop thinking like that and just going back to just assuming, assuming everyone's nice and, uh, <laughs> things like that it's uh it was a very very trying time we had a vote every two weeks okay. and uh the community uh was overflowing uh by the final uh meeting this is no one ever went to city council meetings at all like zero or maybe one person in kirksville. yeah in kirksville yeah so yeah. the last meeting had to be held at the medical school in their big auditorium because there were so many people there. wow and well what example of of pride and support and respect there yeah oh yeah the see that was another thing 
there was only really, honestly, two churches that were very well organized that came out against us. So if you saw all the people who spoke, they all were from the same church, uh, two churches. Everybody else there was supportive. Everybody. Uh, so, you know, if, I really needed to, I need to remember that and focus on all the good people that came out to support. Mm-hmm. Overweighing all of, all of the bad. Yeah. And then it passed and it's been, you know, five years and I still sometimes look at businesses where I knew that the owners spoke uh, badly about the community and I have to remind myself, well, you know, we won, we won and nothing bad's happened. And I guess I need to move on. Easier said than done. Yeah. It, is, it is. I've actually uh, uh, been interacting with some of those people and I just kind of put it outside my mind and just, we have a normal relationship and, you know, work together in the community on things. So, well, good for you. It's hard, but I do it. So, yeah. yeah. So, language is one of the forms of stigma surrounding the transgender population. In your opinion, what are some of the most prevalent stigmatizations this population faces? Well, one would be that they're just doing it for attention, mm-hmm. which is probably the most ridiculous one because that's not attention anybody wants it's negative yeah most oh yeah uh, i want the world to hate me yeah um yeah uh so that's one uh that they don't really know they just mm-hmm. think they are um or been going on with that that they're mentally ill mm-hmm. and they're not um so those are probably the biggest ones i also want to point out that the uh, suicide, the lifetime suicide rate for transgender people is 41%. Wow. And that's extremely high. And if you look at certain categories, like transgender youth that were kicked out of their home because they were trans, it goes up into the 50 and 60% wow. of suicide rates. So you're really talking about life and death. And the kids start uh, suicide attempts as young as 13, 12, 13, 14 years old. Oh, wow. So it's, uh, it is a very, very serious matter. And as a uh, developmental psychologist, we're worrying about all the children in the world is, uh, is high on my list. So, mm-hmm. right. And they come out, they know when they're trans, when they're, if, at least by the time they're, uh, most, most people do, not all, not all, but most people will have an idea by the time they go through puberty. So we're right. talking 12, 13 year olds. And these are the age kids that no one wants to ever even bring it up to talk to them about it. Their counselors aren't going to know about it. They're not going to, the teachers aren't going to know about it. Their doctors aren't going to know about it because they think they're just working with kids. So it's a- Right, well, related to that on a professional level, what do you think it's important for counselors to know working with a transgender client or, or anyone else um, in the LGBTQI plus category even? Well, I gave an a in-service talk to uh, the Northeast Regional uh, Mental Health uh, Workers. So I had a, a lot of them there. So I heard the questions that they had. And okay. um, uh, the basic is everything we've already talked about educate, get educated and know all the things we've already said. So beyond that, um, one problem that people have is how, if you're dealing with trans youth and you want to respect them and you want to do all those things, but their parents are against it and they're under 18, Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. the, the counselor said that they bring their trans kids to them and say, here, fix them. And, and they're not broken. And that's a, that's a hard thing. So what I'd want the counselors to know is that I know they have laws and hoops they have to jump through, but we're talking about these kids' lives. And if you don't, if you're not their advocate, then you might be the only chance they have. Yes. And, and they need an advocate. Very much so. Even just, even just one supportive adult, even if one supportive adult can make the difference between life and death for these kids. Mm. Yeah. What do you wish people knew about how to react or respond to someone who is seeking support in coming out? Uh, well, first of all, take them seriously. I don't really understand why people have such a hard time when someone says they're trans in believing them. So right off the bat, believe them. Believe them, know, recognize that that's their truth and uh, respect it. And that go, that'll go a long way. If you start with that, that'll go a long way. Okay. And then get educated as much as you can. And then another thing that's very, very hard, it's something I've been working on for years, is trying to educate the parents who are against it and uh, against their kids, whether they're... Uh, you know, anywhere on the queer spectrum and the kid, the parents who need the most help re reject it mm -hmm. and the parents who are most open to it don't really need all that much help. So it, it, it's hard. Um, but uh, PFLAG is an organization that has a lot of resources. And if you can get a parent on that site or get them some educational material, all the material is free on there um just just try just what i would tell what i tell my students is get the material and just lay it around the house stick it in the bathroom on next to the toilet and just leave it there and mm -hmm. maybe mom or dad will pick it up one day well well for those um who don't know what p flag is could you maybe explain that a bit well it used to be parents friends and family of lesbian and gays so it was an mm -hmm. act it's no longer that. It, now it's just PFLAG, and it's an organization for family and friends of anyone on the queer spectrum. Okay. Uh, and that's why they took that out. So it's kind of like AARP used to be a, a, a American Association of Retired People, and they changed it. So AARP doesn't stand for anything anymore. It's just AARP. Yeah. Okay. So that's the same exact thing that PFLAG did. Okay. So if you go to pflag, P-F-L-A-G dot org, there is so much material for everybody, religion and different, uh, they have it in uh, multiple languages, uh, sexual orientation, gender identity, um, just, it's a wonderful resource to start with. Okay. Um, and... Before we end this episode today, can you share some other helpful resources for any of our listeners who want to know more information? Um, well, there's a lot of online support groups, and that's something that I would recommend, especially for parents. Uh, as a parent, you, nobody, well, you can never understand what it's like for the trans person, ever. Mm -hmm. But as a parent of a trans person, no one can ever understand what it is for you. And you need to talk to other parents of trans 
kids. And that's the only way to do it because they know. It's like a big family. We all are part of a family and we know these things. Um, and you talk to them and they'll, they'll tell you their trials and tribulations. Uh, and those support groups, you can find the references to those support groups on PFLAG's website. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's just a lot of them. Uh, and there's, there's some are focused to people with trans children, trans teens, trans adults, uh, children who are adults, um, things like that. Okay. But so as far I, as references, I would say I would start there and go from okay. there. Okay. A good starting point. Yeah, they're trans youth and family. I, that'd be another one. Um, I don't know the uh, exact web address, but trans youth and family. Okay, Please. wonderful. Dr. Palmer, thank you so much for speaking with us today about what we wish people knew about being transgender. We cannot um, thank you enough for, for agreeing to do this interview with us um, and all of the hopeful uh, education and information that you shared with us today. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate you asking. I appreciate you using this subject, touching on this subject, because it's uh, something I would like everybody in the world to know about. So, yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Are you guys ready for this week's self-care challenge? Um, are you ready for it, Grace? I'm ready for it. Awesome. So this week, let's challenge each other to take some time with the next week to think about and perhaps write about what pride means to you. It can be done in writing or in the form of art. Try to be creative. Even if you don't identify as LGBTQI+, you can still take some time to reflect on what pride means for you. And we also encourage people to recognize that this is a special month for LGBTQI+, and to be respectful of that. For those of you who wish to learn more, um, check out the resources listed below that Dr. Palmer talked about, or you can visit our blog at AccptingTherapy.com. Stay tuned next time for what I wish people knew about the different therapy types.